Hey everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life Podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance. I'm your host, Mark Cassini, Product Marketing Manager at Jobber. Every two weeks, I connect with PMMs all over the world about a product marketing topic of their choice. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Zachary Shami, Product Marketing Manager at Paystone and NiceJob. After working in telecom sales, Zachary got his first crack at product marketing as a product marketing manager at Lightspeed. From there, he transitioned into content marketing at Paystone before jumping back into product marketing, this time at Paystone's recently acquired reputation marketing platform, NiceJob. Paystone offers payment, loyalty, gift card, and customer engagement solutions to businesses across North America, including some well-known Canadian brands like Aldo and The Source. With the acquisition of NiceJob, Paystone has expanded its reach into reputation marketing, helping home services businesses like plumbers, HVAC specialists, and residential cleaners get the reputation they deserve, become top-rated, and win more business. During our chat, Zachary and I discussed the role of product marketing in customer-driven growth and how companies like NiceJob are empowering small to medium-sized businesses with the tools they need to take advantage of the same customer-driven growth practices used by medium and large enterprises. Now, before I get into the episode, I've got some exciting news to share from the Product Marketing Alliance. Are you wondering how to align the product marketing function at your organization? Do your internal teams have little or no understanding of what product marketing is and the benefits you bring to the fore? Are you sick of being misunderstood? Product Marketing Alliance's brand new book, Misunderstood, features first-hand knowledge, techniques, and case studies to help you demystify product marketing, elevate the function, and gain the recognition you and fellow PMMs deserve. Learn how to effectively communicate the value you bring to key processes such as positioning, personas, segmentation, OKRs, and gain supplementary intel from the likes of Privy, G2, Hotjar, Intercom, Zendesk, Adobe, and Drift. Misunderstood is packed with takeaways that will propel the value of your role and the overall importance of the PMM function and isn't to be missed. Get your copy at pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. That's pmmalliance.co slash misunderstood. All right, with that out of the way, let's do it. Hey, Zachary, how's it going? Good, man. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks. Super happy to have you here. Yeah, very excited to be on uh, on the podcast today. Awesome. Well, let's get into it then. Um, you know, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your career journey so far and what it is you and the team do at Paystone and NiceJob. Sure, yeah. Uh, awesome. So uh, a little bit about me. I um, graduated from the University of Western Ontario in London, Ontario. Um, back in 2015, uh, with a specialization in consumer behavior, I got my bachelor's of management and organizational studies. So I've always had a passion for business, passion for management, passion for marketing. Um, and then after, after university, I, uh, kind of jumped through a couple different sales jobs and, uh, I kind of found my passion is, uh, doing, you know, B2B sales, uh, helping small businesses grow, selling them tech, um, that helps small businesses grow and helps small businesses, you know, operate and, and, and function. And, um, and so, yeah, I was, I worked in telecom for, for a number of years. And then, uh, I took my first opportunity, uh, uh to transition into marketing, um, at Paystone uh, at the time was called, uh, was called Zomeron, but, uh, but yeah, so I started as a, as a content writer and, uh, you know, wrote, you know, any copy on a screen, you know, blog articles, um, 
you know, web, web pages, web copy, social media posts, ads, all that, all that jazz. Um, and so, yeah, really, really kind of became a, a little bit of a subject matter expert in the, the payment processing world and the merchant services world, which is what, uh, what Zomaran was, was and what Paystone still is. Um, and, uh, and then since then, you know, Paystone's really grown and, and we've acquired a, a few companies along the way. Um, and so now we are still a merchant service provider, but we are definitely in the fintech space. Um, we sell uh, payment processing solutions, gift card programs, uh, customer loyalty rewards programs to small businesses or businesses of all sizes, actually. Um, and, um, and then uh, last year, we actually acquired a company called Nice Job, um, which is a West Coast-based uh, 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 business that uh, serves, again, small businesses in North America. So we actually have a ton of uh, U.S. clients now. And they provide a, a customer-driven growth software or a reputation marketing software to help uh, businesses boost their online reputations um, while also uh, bringing in more customers uh, through the voice of their own customers, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into uh, today. So, uh, so right now I'm the product marketing manager, one of the product marketing managers at Paystone. And um, I, I do a ton of work on the NiceJob product currently, which uh, is definitely like the, the future of our software engine. That's awesome. Thanks for that, that overview. And it's funny, as you're giving it, there's a lot of parallels between my academic and, and professional career to yours. And for our listeners, I'll kind of pull the curtain back a little bit. Zachary and I are actually from the same town here in Canada, uh, went to the same undergraduate uh, program or school, I should say, um, not at the same time. We missed each other by uh, a couple of years there. Um, and then we both ended up in product marketing in the fintech space. So really shows you what a small world and what a small town London is here in Canada. And it's funny, yeah. yeah. Kind of started the conversation commenting on how it's shocking how our paths hadn't crossed sooner but uh super happy to have you here and it's always great to meet someone who's had a similar path yeah thanks and so uh yeah of course and and i wanted to just kind of touch back on something you had mentioned obviously in going uh and starting your role at paystone starting in content and copywriting was it doing that work that exposed you to product marketing was product marketing always something that was kind of aware that you were aware of, but you hadn't had a chance to, to dive into just curious how you made that jump from, you know, being much more content focused, uh, into product marketing. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I love having this conversation with other product marketers because it's funny, like we all kind of have a similar path, but yet like very different at the same time, but like we all kind of, you know, have sales jobs or customer support jobs, but then we have like a passion for marketing and we have a passion for product and for tech. And, and somehow we all end up in this, in the same place with very similar backgrounds. Um, and so, yeah, so um, at, at Paystone, when I started as a content writer, I started taking on a lot, a lot more responsibilities. We were a much smaller, nimbler team at the time. And so, yeah, I started taking on more responsibilities. Um, you know, uh, every time we were launching a new feature, we were launching a new product. There was a ton of work that went into that, obviously, with, with, with copywriting and content writing. And there wasn't really somebody who owned the, the product marketing role at, at Paystone at the time. And so I was really just wearing many hats. I was, I was already kind of taking on that responsibility. So, you know, doing customer research, doing the market research, the competitive analysis um, to really help me formulate the content that we were going to write um, for whatever marketing campaign or whatever web page or landing page we were creating. Um, and so I, I, obviously noticed a void there. I was like, okay, well, this role is clearly missing. We're about to acquire all these companies. We're, we're launching all these cool, new, exciting products and, and, and services. Um, 
and I, yeah, definitely found my passion. I was like, okay, no, this is, this is the role that I want. This is, this is the, the path that I want to take. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love, I love content. Um, and it's still a really big role. I, obviously, as you know, in product marketing, you know, we're coming up with positioning and messaging and, and really being kind of like that first step in developing any kind of content for, for a marketing organization. And so it's still a big passion of mine, but I, I maybe I will say I don't really miss the, 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 the content writing and the pressure to like push content as as quickly as you need to in a content marketing role. So yeah, that's kind of how I transitioned. I'd say I kind of forged my own path at, at, at Paystone and, and took on the product marketing role. And now there's there's two of us. I have another another product marketer that, that sits on my team. And so yeah, really excited. The team's still growing, which is which is awesome. Yeah, that is great. And I think it reinforces this idea. And again, it's come up in previous conversations and you alluded to it as well yourself. That product marketers kind of come from a lot of different places. I think you're the first uh, that I've had the chance to speak with on this on this show about having a background in content, which is why I asked. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Oftentimes it's part of any go-to-market motion or really any kind of positioning and messaging work, there's an element of content and having, I'm sure, a, an in-depth understanding and having experience and it just makes that part of the job that much easier for you, as well as probably just adds another layer or level up to any, again, go-to-market or positioning and messaging work because you have that unique content lens, um, which is something that I know I've historically haven't had the chance to, to do as much outside of, you know, the standard, hey, you're in product marketing, write these blog posts, write this feature copy. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I find that part of your background uh, quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I, I will say like anybody that's in a content marketing role now that like is trying to like find what, what their, their kind of their next step in their, in, uh, in their marketing career is like, that transition from content into product marketing, I think is, is, is so great because as a content writer, you really become a subject matter expert in the thing that you're writing about. You have to do a ton of research. You have to talk to customers. You have to look at what your competitors are doing. And like, these are things, these are functions that like not a lot of people in an organization are doing. I would even say some of your execs that were that you're working with at your companies, like they don't even, they're not even, uh, you know, as, as entrenched in, in that kind of work. So you really become a subject matter expert and that becomes becomes so important as a product marketer because people turn to you to like, how should we position this thing? How should we, how, how should the, what should the messaging be? Like, how should we go to market with this thing? And so if you already have that background and you already have that knowledge because you've written a ton of content about it, you, it makes your job so much easier. hundred percent. And, you know, I get asked quite uh, often, especially more recently by aspiring product marketers, how do I get into product marketing? And sometimes it's not necessarily about finding that junior level product marketing role, because there's obviously a lot of competition for those roles right now, especially as yeah. the prominence of product marketing has grown. It's about finding alternative paths into product marketing. And again, I think content based on exactly what you just said is a, is a, a, a perfect avenue to explore and, and develops those foundational writing skills that any product marketer needs to have. So yeah, I, again, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I can definitely see more and more content marketers getting into product marketing over the next several years as both positions continue to grow. Definitely. Right on. So let's get into the, the meat of our conversation today. And, you know, in, in part of preparing for that, um, you had indicated an interest in, you know, wanting to take a look at the role of product marketing at product-led organizations and how even small businesses can harness these practices to achieve customer-driven growth. So before we get too far down the rabbit hole, uh, I think it would be great uh, and helpful for you to give our listeners a brief overview of what we mean when you talk about product-led uh, organization, as well as customer-driven growth. They're terms that get thrown around a lot. And I think for someone who's not necessarily immersed in those worlds or hasn't been up to date on what's happening in those spaces, it'd be great to get an overview of, of what those 
two areas uh, or, or subjects are. Yeah, definitely. So like I was kind of alluding to before, like in product marketing, like a, a big part of our role is being the voice of the customer in an organization, right? Like you're that person that is speaking with the sales team. You know, what are customers saying? You're, you're conducting your own customer research. Um, you know, you're doing surveys, you're, um, you, know, you know, whatever it is you're doing to, to collect that information about what the customers are saying. You're really, the, the question you're always asking is, what am I, what do my customers love? What am I, what, what will my customers love about our product? And then you're using that voice of the customer to really drive all of the marketing efforts at the organization, all of the product marketing efforts at the organization. And so, um, so that's kind of what I mean by like product led growth, like, and product led organizations is the, I, in my opinion, the best softwares or the best products are always the ones who maybe not necessarily have a product marketing department, but they're always asking that question. What will my customers love? And they're always you know, trying to find out what, you know, what their customers are saying about their product and trying to learn what the voice of the customer is, and then using that to drive the positioning and the messaging for your products. It's much, it's much more effective to, to go down that role than, or to, to go down that route than to come up with some catchy phrase or some positioning just based on what you and the marketing team are saying, because, you know, pe people aren't, stupid you know they can they can sense when something's coming from the voice of the business or when it sounds very marketing like um and so and so even for small businesses you know they they obviously they're they're focused on their day-to-day -day, you know like if you're a window cleaner or you're a residential cleaner or you're you know you're an electrician or a plumber or a restaurant and you, you don't have time you don't have time to 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 go out and do all this customer research or to hire a product marketer. Like uh, those aren't the things that you're doing, right? You're, you're focusing on your day to day, but it's super important to understand what your customers are saying about your business. And so, and I think that there's definitely like a trend towards getting more information, like getting more reviews or collecting customer feedback. And so, um, so yeah, like with our customer driven growth pl uh, platform at, at, at nice job and at paystone, that's really what we're doing is we're, we're giving small business the ability to harness the voice of the customer to drive their marketing and to drive their growth um, and, and using what the customers are saying about your business to then amplify that voice through all of your marketing channels so that people can see that, oh, look at this business. They're, they're, their customers are saying fantastic things about them. And they're using what the customers are actually saying, the real genuine feedback that customers are giving, and they're using that in their marketing. Um, and, and so it doesn't need to be these large product-led organizations that are, are able to, you know, to, to formulate these marketing campaigns. Even small business owners can, can find out what their customers love about their, about, their, about their products and services, and they can harness that voice of the customer and amplify it onto all their social channels, all their marketing channels. And that's really what we're doing here at Nice Job and at Paystone is, is giving small businesses the ability to grow by just using the voice of their customers. Yeah, and I think you touched on a couple of things that I know in doing product marketing um, here at Jobber, where I am today, there's a lot of overlap. Um, you know, both of our solutions that we support sell into, you know, small to medium-sized businesses. And, and one of the recurring things that often comes up when chatting with small business owners is how busy they are, right? And how how challenging it is to, to run a small business. And that's why, you know, the majority of small businesses unfortunately fail within their first, you know, several years of operating. And it's tools like Nice Job, as you, as you alluded to, that um, allow small business owners to leverage really good customer insights and customer testimonials and reviews in a very automated and, and quick way that they otherwise 
might not have had time to do as a small business owner managing employees or getting new customers or staying on top of their financials and payments. So, you know, there's a growing um, kind of awareness among small, small business owners um, around the power of, of software as a service businesses like Paystone and nice job. Uh, and the, like what we're doing here at Jobber, uh, which is why you're seeing a lot of those um, sectors and industries today really explode. Um, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense why, you know, a company like Paystone went out and acquired a, a company like nice job. Cause there's a lot of potential in businesses that provide those services to uh, SMBs. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it was something we were, we were, you know, in our customer research or just in our day-to-day conversations with our customers at Paystone, it was something that everybody always asked us, you know, like didn't matter what they were, what feature they were asking us to build or what feature they wish they had. It always came back to the same questions. How do I get more customers? What can I do to get more customers? And so, yeah, like using a software that can help you capture the voice of your, of your customers and then amplify that voice of your customers through all of your marketing channels is, is huge, you know, for a small business owner. And, and then to take it a step further, being able to just automate all that stuff. So it's like, you don't have to sit there and analyze it and, and, and build it and manually do it. And, and I think a lot of small business owners think that this is what they need to do. They think that I got to pay some, you know, I either have to hire like a marketing agency or a consulting agency to do all this work for me, or I have to, uh, I have to take the time out of my week to like sit there and really come up with a marketing plan and stuff. And it's like, you know, just use the voice of your customers. They'll do, they'll do the marketing for you. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's one of the the nice things about doing product marketing for small to medium sized businesses is that you're, you're in the same way that, you know, tools like nice job help them get feedback from the customers. When you're dealing with small, medium sized businesses and small business owners, you get that feedback from them directly in a very proactive way. Cause they're very passionate about their business and they're always willing to provide feedback about how the tools you're giving them can make them that much more successful. Cause they obviously have a, a very vested interest in that success. So I think for, if for product marketers or aspiring product marketers who are looking for opportunities, uh, you know, I've personally always led to, towards uh, softwares or organizations that equip small businesses with the tools to be successful. Um, I know obviously a lot of the other, you know, product marketing opportunities tend to be at the big enterprise level corporations selling into, you know, other large enterprises or uh, are consumer oriented, but there's a, there's a real growing opportunity for product marketers to make an impact um, in not only their company, but in the companies of the customers that they sell into. Definitely. Definitely. And like, I think a lot of businesses too, they'll, they'll do things like they'll collect customer feedback or they'll do like NPS scores or, or stuff like that to, to try and get a feel for what customers are saying about them. But then they have all this, these answers. It's like, okay, yeah, the, they're likely, they're likely to recommend me to a friend or, Oh, they're saying that they're very satisfied with my, with my service. But it's like, what are you doing anything with all, with any of that data? Are you doing anything with, with any of those responses with, with any of those answers? Um, are you doing anything to, to, to turn that into, actual marketing? Are you doing that to boost your online reputation to get more reviews? Are you, are you using that to then actually see if a customer will refer you and, 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 and get more business that way? And so that's really what I mean when I say customer driven growth is it's like using the voice of your customers to, to, to take yourself to the next level, take your business to the next level. Definitely. And when we talk about customer driven growth, you know, we often think about, as I referenced earlier, you know, on the scale of large B2B SaaS companies, right. And, and, you know, creating really fast moving feedback loops to, to get that customer feedback. Some customers, some companies, like you said, are, are better at leveraging it than others. But again, it's often at that like very enterprise or, or big B2B SaaS uh, scale, but 
obviously the work that you do at Nice Job is focused more so on small businesses. So I'm curious, how do you and the team, um, you know, you mentioned yourself and the other product marketer on board there, um, approach equipping small businesses with the tools they need to pursue customer-driven growth um, opportunities themselves versus how another, you know, larger org might? Yeah, definitely. So we do things like, so I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, like a perfect example. So let's say you're a, a service-based business, right? Like let's say you're a, you're a plumber or you're a, a window cleaner or you're a power washer, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. People typically find those businesses online by doing the same things. It's like I'm searching plumber and then the area that I live in. So, you know, plumber, London, Ontario. Uh, and then sure enough, customers are taking a look and usually the businesses that rank the highest with the best reputation online, right? The high, the best score for their Google reviews or uh, the most reviews or, or whatever it is. Um, it's usually the, the, the business that has the best reputation that seems like they're providing the best service to their customers. Those are usually the businesses that are going to get the phone calls. Um, and so at, at NiceJob um, and at Paystone, we're, we're equipping small businesses with the tools to really boost your reputation and help you rank higher online. So some of the, some of the, the products and services that we offer, one being a, uh, the customer-driven growth like software, uh, reputation marketing software that, that allows you to automate campaigns. So as soon as a you know, uh, uh, your job is done at this, at this home, automatically sending out requests or invites via SMS or email to then for, for these customers to leave a review on Google or Facebook or whatever, whatever, uh, whatever site you're using, whatever review site you're using for them to leave a review when they're happiest with your service. And then taking that a step further and saying, thank you for your, for, thank you for the, for leaving the review. We appreciate the feedback. We'd love it if you had any neighbors or family and friends that are interested in th these kinds of services here. Here's a really easy way of referring, send them this link. Um, and we're tracking all of this for the small businesses, right? And so now we're giving them a way to boost their online reputation, we're giving them a way to get more business by, by, by automating a way for them to get referrals. Uh, and then we're giving them the ability to use like a, a social sharing feature. So the review came in, it, you know, it surfaced up in our, in our software. The business owner can attach a picture of the job and uh, and we'll automatically share that customer story, that review with that job. We can sh automatically share it to your website, automatically share it to your social media channels, whatever marketing channels you want. We can we can automate that 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 that's that sharing and that amplification of your customer's voice. Um, and we also we also offer we have a convert product which can help small businesses. We'll we'll build your website for you. We'll, we'll help you get more leads. We'll you know uh, um, we'll put social proofing on your website so that people can see the Google reviews or the Facebook reviews and the trust badge to legitimize your business and show them that you are a customer driven business. You're a, you're a business that really cares about your customers. You really really care about about providing your customers with exceptional uh, ex exceptional ex experiences. Um, and and that'll really resonate with with the customers. So um, those are so, some of the different tools that we have. And then also we're, we're also servicing them with like insights. So like we're letting them know, like, you know, if there's, if there's a, a sentiment, if a lot of people are saying a lot of different things, it's like, oh, well, we'll take that topic. Hey, guess what? This, this should be a selling feature. A lot of customers are saying that, you know, you, you know, you, you guys are doing a great job at, at ABC or XYZ. Now, now we're giving them, you know, they're, they're, we're even telling them what their unique selling points are by, by analyzing the, the data of, of their, of their customers' voices. Um, and like, you know, if they, 
if you have an employee who's doing a really good job and their name keeps showing up in these reviews and in these referrals and in this feedback, it's like, we, we can even give you a leaderboard, let you know who your top performing employees are. Then you can even set up a, a, you know, an employee rewards program so that you can, you know, reward your employees who do a fantastic job and are really good at providing your customers with exceptional experiences. And then with Paystone, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're offering them the ability to, to, to accept payments, you know, seamlessly with whatever means, whether it's it's sending customers an invoice or it's paying, you know, in person on a, on a payment terminal or or how, however however they want to accept payment on their website using a payment gateway. Um, so we're kind of taking that a step further and giving them really all the tools they need to to grow. Yeah, no, I appreciate that uh, that insight into again the way that Peso and Nice Job are, are really supporting SMBs, collect that customer feedback and turn it into continue continual customer growth. And I think, you know, obviously a lot of the product marketers who listen to this show likely are working in SMBs themselves, um, especially in some of the sectors that you mentioned. But regardless, I think the learnings are still very relevant here, right? Um, you know, whether it's through using tools like NiceJob or just building the internal processes yourself within product marketing, we need to be cog- cognizant and aware of all the opportunities we can to leverage those customer-driven insights and turn them into more sales or more opportunities for your sales team, depending on the scale at which you're selling. Um, and I think you know, one of the the benefits of, of being in product marketing is we have that lens of the importance of that customer voice to the customer, and and really ensuring that the teams that we might necessarily that we might need to lean on to make some of those or, or translate some of those insights into actual increased sales and more opportunities are aware of that value as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, obviously in the in the context of this conversation, we're very 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 focused on SMBs, but again, a lot of the learnings and insights that you're, you're explaining that nice job can leverage for SMBs product marketers in general at any org should be leveraging as well. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. So then on a, on a somewhat related note here, you know, how do you feel product marketing differs when selling solutions to, to small businesses compared to selling to large enterprises outside of even just a realm of, you know, customer driven growth and, and, you know, pay zone and nice job. Um, you know, I've had the, the, the fortunate opportunities though, so far in my career to, to sell almost uh, mostly into to SMBs. Um, but I'm curious, you know, in your, your kind of career so far, if you've noticed or observed any differences either, you know, in the work that you've done yourself or just observing how, how other, um, you know, product marketers operate at other orgs. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, <clears throat> I think the major difference is like when, when, when selling to large enterprises, I think, you have a little bit more time, right? Like you have a little bit more, a little bit more time. The sales cycle is a little bit longer. Um, you know, you you usually have to put in a little bit, a little bit more time to to, to understand the needs of, of this large enterprise. And I think with small businesses, it's 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 about you know doing doing things that can help you scale quicker and uh, help you reach more more small businesses. Uh, uh, quicker. So, you know, uh, I think with like large enterprise clients, you can kind of take it one case at a time, you know, it's like they all have somewhat different needs. We'll assign somebody to them. We'll really understand their needs. And then, and then we'll kind of formulate a a way to sell to them that way. With small businesses, you really want to do things like customer surveys, collecting customer feedback, you know, you know, really, really um, um, developing you know, great buyer personas and user personas so that you can truly understand the small businesses. And then you can you know, scale uh, 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 with your product marketing efforts. Um, so I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say that's the biggest thing. I think with with small businesses, it's about like really understanding 
the needs of your target market, you're not going to be able to get every small business. So it's like, who's the, who's the low hanging fruit? Who are, who's our target market? Who's, who's that target audience? Who's that target customer that we know is really, really going to benefit from our product. So doing things like buyer persona research, doing things like the, like the customer surveys and the customer research, I think are really going to help. Not to say that you shouldn't be doing that for the lot when selling to large enterprises, but I think with large enterprises, they all have somewhat different needs and wants. And so you kind of want to take that on like a, a one, one-to-one basis um, and really lean on your sales team when, when, uh, when, when selling to those large organizations, I'd say is the biggest, the biggest difference. For sure. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think just to build off on a couple of things that you said, you know, when you find yourself in a product marketing role at a larger organization or even an organization that is selling into these larger enterprises, you're right. The sales cycles tend to be a lot longer and you're often selling into people who's not necessarily playing with, you know, their own money. They're playing with the house's money. So, you know, it, it's a lot different of a conversation, um, not necessarily more challenging, but different when you're talking to a buyer at a, you know, fortune 500 company, who's obviously got budgetary control. Um, but it's different than talking to someone who runs their own business, who, you know, every dollar that they spend has a direct impact on their ability to keep their business running and sometimes support themselves or their family. So, you know, I like to think of it as different kinds of pressure. Obviously, when you're selling into large enterprises or supporting a sales team, um, selling into large enterprises, the pressure of getting that big deal over the line is there. But when you're doing product marketing and selling into SMBs, the pressure of delivering on that promise of value that you're selling them on is, is I think, just as ever present. Um, because if, if you're, you know, not delivering on the value that you're trying to communicate uh, as a product marketer, it's going to come back to, to bite your org, but it's going to impact your, your customer in the SMB, uh, exponentially more so, right. It could be the matter of paying the bills this month versus not. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're so right about that. And I think it's, it's super important to define those, like those features and benefits that are really going to speak to the customer's pain points. Cause you, you don't have that much time with a small business. Like you get this, you get one, you get this one chance to really, to sell the product. Right. And, um, and, and yeah, you're, you're right. They don't have time to sit on the phone with you for multiple phone calls. They don't, they don't have the budget to spend, you know, an exponential amount of money every month. So you got to make sure the pricing is right. You got to make sure the features and benefits are speaking to their pain points um, in a way that they're like, it's, it's, it's not going to be this huge decision for them to, to try your software out and to, to find value in your software where I think you're right with, with large enterprises, they maybe not necessarily the problem. You have a, a, you have a few more chances to get it right. Um, the sales cycles longer, you're speaking to them a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot differently. And then you're right. They have the budget to like really decide, you know, Oh, what features they want, what, what, what specific features they want. You can really customize a package for enterprises, which I mean, you're, you're starting to see a lot more of in SaaS now. It's like, They'll have like three packages. And then usually the last one is like enterprise get in contact with us because they, we understand that like enterprise customers are, are very different. Their needs and wants are very different. So you have time to sort of customize something for them, which I don't think you have that with small businesses. You really got to get it right the first time for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's, there's a couple other things I'll tack onto that as well as, you know, you talked about the amount of time you have, even just in the sales cycle, but you know, during the consideration or evaluation phase, the time that I think a, a, a SaaS business or any business selling at SMBs has to, to time to value, to demonstrate that value in, in the in-product experience beyond just like showing the value and demonstrating it in the marketing material that a product marketing would, marketer would be responsible for. Um, it's so much shorter with an SMB than it is with an enterprise, right? Like with an enterprise, uh, depending on the solution, of course, you know, you're, you're going through a longer sales cycle as we discussed, but you're also usually signing longer term contracts, right? So there's an understanding that there's going to be an element of on-ramp and, and, you know, we got to get you onboarded and set up and it might take weeks 
you know, maybe months, even maybe a quarter or two for the org that you're selling into to really recognize and, and demonstrate and, and realize the value um, okay. that your service is selling. Whereas with an SMB, if they don't get it within the first couple hours, sometimes, you know, they can just move on to something else or they can take their cash elsewhere. And that's the other thing too, that I wanted to highlight is with selling it to SMBs because, you know, obviously the enterprises, they're the, the big sexy companies. They have these huge budgets. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Um, but, um, but there's, there's not as many of them, right? So yeah. you're maybe you're, you're competing against one or two, three other players within, you know, the, the SMB SaaS space specifically, you're dealing with like, you know, 10, 20, 30 different competitors. So if, if you can't deliver on that value as a product marketer that you're trying to communicate and the product doesn't back that value up relatively quickly, they can just move on to one of 30 other competitors. So yeah, I, I think those are the, like the, the, the differences that I also like to highlight as well, because uh, it, it's just a different at dynamic that you find yourself in product marketing. Um, if you're selling an SMBs versus where he, you know, selling these large protracted deals to large enterprises. 100%, which is why I think, yeah, like, again, like it's super important to understand your customers wants your, their needs, their pain points, doing that customer research, finding out what the voice of the customer is, because that's going to, that's going to drive everything. That's going to drive your pricing. That's going to drive your, your unique selling points. It's going to help. It's, it's going to become your pitch. It's going to be how you differentiate differentiate yourself from your competitors. How are we going to win these customers over? Because there's so many other players that are doing the exact same thing as us, right? So it's it's you really, really, really need to to, to hone in on what that what the voice of the customer is, what the customers are saying, and and using that in your in your marketing. And and yeah, even like the the point about onboarding, right? Like with with small businesses, like they don't they don't have the time to to sit there and, and onboard I, is how every single time I talk to a business, how long is this going to take to get me set? How long is this going to take to set up? How much training is this going to take to be for my, for my employees? I don't know if I have time for this, right? So making the onboarding, not only for the owner or the, the user of the product, making it very simple for them, but any other, any other employees that are going to be using the product, making sure that the onboarding and the setup is, is easy. It's seamless. It's effortless. Um, yeah, the, 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 the closer you can get to that, I think the easier it's going to be to sell to small businesses. Whereas I think with enterprise customers, you don't necessarily have to have the easiest way to onboard or the, the, you know, the cleanest way to set up because again, they, they have the money, they have the time and they have the time to realize the value. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Awesome. Well, this has been great, Zachary, before I let you go, I'll, I'll ask you my final question. And it's one I asked all my guests, uh, and that's, if you could be a product marketer at any company in the world for any product or service they offer, what company and solution would you choose and why? Yeah, this is a good question. And I've, I've, I've actually taken some time to think about it. And I've, it was, it was hard to pick one. And, and I think I want to, I want to, I want to choose a, a, a company, especially if money is not going to be a question, right? Like I want to, I want to pick a, a business that is, is in tech it's in software. It's speaking to what the customers want and what people want, but it also has, it's, it's also helping the world. It's helping a, a cause that maybe I care about. And I think, you know, especially because I have a background in, in content. Um, there's a company that I, I recently heard about that I've been a little, I've been, I've been watching them closely and it's a company called Speechify. I don't know if you've heard of them before, but um, they have a software that like, can scan a book or a textbook, or you can upload a PDF of any kind and it'll read it out loud to you. Um, and so it's helping people consume reading and consume text, which in this day and age, we're all so busy and we not, none of us have time to read really, right? Like there's all these new tools like Blinkist coming out to like help people consume more information. So anything that can help me consume more, learn more, learn better, um, I'm all about it. And, and not to mention like 
the number one disability in North America is learning disability in North America is dyslexia. So I think that the, the, the owner of the CEO has dyslexia himself, which is how he, he came up with this idea um, to, you know, don't, don't read the book. I'll, I'll read the book out loud to you. And they have like some really cool features on their website. Like, you know, you can, obviously there's like the opportunities endless because there's an unlimited amount of text in the world, but also like different languages, different, different ways to talk. They're even in beta right now. I think that you can choose like a celebrity. Like if you want Gwyneth Paltrow to read to you, like I want, I want a celebrity to read my book to me whenever I'm reading. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been really, really looking into this business and I think it would be such an exciting product to work for. And the opportunities are, are, are endless with, with something like this. That's great. I love that choice. It's, you know, I always, whenever I ask my guests these questions, I always get a variety of questions. Some will obviously select the company that they currently work for. And that's great. They're obviously very happy where they are. Others will pick, you know, the exciting, you know, tech brand of the day or consumer, you know, product. Um, but I really like your choice because it does touch on, like you said, a, a real issue that impacts um, a lot of people. Um, and I didn't know that's that to be true. So you know, thanks for sharing that with me. And um, yeah, I mean, it's important that we're, you know, if we get the chance in tech to, to make a positive impact, obviously in the news, you hear a lot about tech companies doing the opposite. Um, so I, I respect the choice of, of, you know, considering a company that uh, is trying to, to leverage tech in a positive way uh, instead of a, yeah. a negative or destructive way, which is, which is great. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I didn't want to take the easy route. Obviously I'd, I'd love to continue working for Paste on a nice job. Like I said, a, a huge passion of mine has always been helping small businesses grow. So, you know, as long as that's our mission and our vision, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to stick around, but yeah, in terms of like cool consumer tech that I could see myself using and I think would be a fun thing to sell. Yeah. Speechify is where it's at for sure. That's cool. Yeah. And you're right. You know, the, the benefit of working with SMBs is, uh, you know, you're, you're supporting a, the majority of the economy. I think a lot of people often forget that you know, SMBs are the backbone of most economies, um, at least in Canada it is. I know that to be true in the US as well. Um, so yeah, the, if you take a step back, sometimes if you're in the SMB space, you realize that you know you might not think you're having an impact, but you, you are yeah. equipping those, those companies with tools to, to be more successful, which keeps the economy going, keeps people employed and, and you know, just true. helps people support themselves and their family. Yeah, you're right. Like I, I always have this conversation with like, you know, friends and coworkers and stuff. And it's like, oh, am I, am I really doing something purposeful? Am I bringing meaning to the world by working for a, a you know, a B2B SaaS company? And it's like, I mean, yeah, like I have family and friends who, who like they were, they're entrepreneurs, they're small business owners. Like this is their livelihood. Like they were able to buy a home and raise a family and go on trips and buy things and, and live life because they were running their businesses. So any tools that's going to help a small business succeed or help a small business operate, you know, more efficiently or run their businesses better. Like that's a, that's a huge impact to the world. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. hundred uh, percent. Well, on that positive note, we'll, we'll call it an episode here. I'll, I'll let you go. Um, you know, but before I do, obviously I want to thank you for your time. It's been a great conversation. Always great to, to chat with a, a fellow Londoner and a fellow uh, Western grad. Um, uh, but before uh, we sign off for today, you know, if you could share the best way for anyone who might be listening, who, who might want to get in contact with you, the best way for them to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm a big fan. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that you were, uh, you were able to get me on the show and yeah, if anybody wants to connect, I have LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, follow me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to chat. Uh, uh yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show. And again, uh, I'm sure you and I will keep in touch and, uh, you agree to continue chatting. For everyone still tuned in. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. 
If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are.